Hi, it's Jenny Nash, founder and CEO of Author Accelerator. I'd like to share with you a mini magazine we made called How I Built My Book Coaching Business. It's a story of Suzette Mullen, who went from being a lost lawyer and an empty nest mom to a writer with a book deal and a book coach with a thriving business. It's an inside look at how you can totally change your life with story. Just head over to bookcoaches.com backslash how I built. That's bookcoaches.com backslash how dash I dash built. You'll also see there an invitation to a free event with me and Suzette, where we're going to talk about her journey. I'd love for you to join us. Is it recording? Now it's recording. Yay. Go ahead. This is the part where I stare blankly at the microphone and try to remember what I'm supposed to be doing. All right, let's start over. Awkward pause. I'm going to wrestle some papers. Okay. Now one, two, three. Serena here, with a new solo episode of Am Writing, the podcast about writing all the things. Short things, long things, fiction, nonfiction, pitches, and proposals. Each week on Substack, either me, KJ, Jess, or our new official co-host Jenny Nash will be doing a written post about fundamental writing and publishing questions, so you'll want to be subscribed. Do that at amwritingpodcast.com or search for us on Substack. Upcoming topics include the power of post-its, strategies for writing through challenging times, and plotting advice. Plus, we'll have some fresh new interviews, too. Most weeks, you'll still get us here in your pod player, but some weeks will be just in your inbox. And that's still the best place to find all the links to the things that we like to talk to you about. So today, that topic is manifesting. I'm Serena Bowen, the author of a great number of contemporary novels, including the upcoming The Five-Year Lie from HarperCollins this May. Now, I have some big expectations for this novel. It's a new direction for me. I'm really excited about it. And I was listening to some people, some friends of mine, talk about manifesting as a way of getting what you want from your author career. And I had never really thought very much about it. So I'm calling this essay, The Art of Manifesting for Tired and Skeptical Authors, which is what I am. And the subtitle is, Is it woo-woo or is it wisdom? I think of myself as an analytical person, fine, a cynical one. So when my friends began talking about manifesting as a way to improve one's writing career, I struggled to wrap my head around it, even if I was privately fascinated. First, let's define our terms. Manifesting in this context refers to the practice of thinking aspirational thoughts with the intention of encouraging them to become reality. It's based on the belief that our thoughts, energy, and focus can directly influence the physical world and attract specific outcomes or experiences. This concept often aligns with the law of attraction, an idea written about by such authors as Atkinson, Waddles, and Byrne. And they suggest that positive thoughts bring positive results and negative thoughts bring negative ones. In other words, by visualizing our desires and affirming them through positive statements and believing in their eventual realization, we can manifest these desires into our lives and authorship careers. It's not supposed to just be wishing. Proponents argue that it's about aligning ourselves mentally and emotionally 
with the desired outcome, thereby making ourselves open and prepared for the opportunities and resources needed to achieve success. Appealing, right? I thought so too. Who doesn't want to write a letter to the universe, name her desires, and watch them come true? But first, I had to overthink it. I was raised to believe that hard work was the secret sauce, and if I hadn't achieved my writing goals, then I probably haven't been working hard enough or writing well enough, right? Besides, if happy thoughts can bring success directly to my doorstep like fruit flies to an overripe banana, does this mean that failure is also my fault? If I tell the universe I deserve to hit the New York Times bestsellers list in 2024, and then the universe does not deliver this shiny bauble, doesn't that imply that I've failed myself with my own negativity? And furthermore, if that's true, then isn't manifesting the ultimate in privileged thinking? Some of us face hardcore challenges that make getting through the day awfully difficult, so it feels disingenuous to those who are struggling to assume that any obstacle can be cleared by positive energy. My inner critic pounced, and my exploration of manifesting almost ended there. Almost. But then I had one more uncomfortable thought and came to realize that this part of the struggle is actually the whole point, because it gets to the heart of writers' fears. After all, Show me a writer who has never wondered whether writing is not the most self-centered job in the world. Show me a writer who believes that writing is always the most valuable and useful thing she can do with her time. That's just not how writers are made. Self-criticism is actually crucial to the work. You can't edit your work if you're not willing to second-guess your own decisions. In fact, balancing the impulse to create with the impulse to delete is psychologically the guts of this job. Furthermore, when I sit down at my keyboard every day, it's with the understanding that making up stories for a living is already a privilege. Previous success doesn't exempt me from the knowledge that writing always serves the writer first before it ever serves the reader, and that the act of composing a story or a screenplay or a poem or an essay is always self-indulgent before it gets the chance to be an indulgence for someone else. I struggle with this, Not daily, perhaps, but often enough to make asking the universe for more success into a very fraught endeavor. Does the universe really care if I hit the USA Today bestseller list for a 25th time? And yet, here I sit at the keyboard anyway, giving my precious time and attention to this career, whether the universe cares or not. So don't I owe it to myself to do the best job I possibly can? If there's anything more self-indulgent than a career in authorship, it's squandering that career in authorship. And then next, I invite you to consider the conditions under which great writing gets done. Do we do our best work when we're A. Sitting here, convinced that nobody cares and nobody will ever read our work, or when B. We bathe in the warmth of great possibility, open to the joy of discovery and ideation. Yep, it's that second one, isn't it? It turns out, for me anyway, that manifesting and writing have a whole lot in common. They both share the Rumpelstiltskin-like quality of making something out of nothing. They both require unwavering belief in the possibilities, whether the current reality reflects a blank page or an empty checking account. 
In other words, even if I'm not quite ready to believe that a few hours' work on a vision board will cause money to cling to me with the static electricity of socks right out of the dryer, a writer already understands that ideas prefer an open mind and a receptive heart. I also know that ideas are critical for excellent and prolific writing. And excellent and prolific writing is a crucial step toward earning royalties. In short, it is a positive feedback loop that I already understand on a gut level. Meanwhile, as I toil here at my desk, there are over a hundred spots on the New York Times bestseller list every single week, and somebody has got to fill them. There's almost no point to working 50 hours a week as an author unless I believe that one of those slots can be mine. Ergo, the only way of catching one of them in my greedy little hand is to manifest that reality out of blank pages and sunshine and the unwavering belief that I'm allowed to ask the universe for all the marbles. A halfway dream is a waste of time and notebook paper. So here we go. Dear universe, let's call a spade a spade. My life is already an exercise in literary optimism. I can acknowledge the privilege of this job while still reaching for that next tier. I can open my vulnerable soul wide enough to speak my most ambitious desires out loud. I can let those yearnings see the light of day in much the same way that I give fictional people their own hopes and dreams. It's not even as hard as I feared. Yours in gratitude, Serena. P.S. Universe. If you could also deliver me a first-class plot twist for this proposal I'm writing, I am all ears. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Am Writing Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe at amwriting.substack.com. And until next week, keep your butt in the chair and your head in the game. The Hashtag Am Writing Podcast is produced by Andrew Perella. Our intro music, aptly titled Unemployed Monday, was written and played by Max Cohen. Andrew and Max were paid for their time and their creative output because everyone deserves to be paid for their work.